Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Recorded live.
You're everything, Lord. Everything will ever be. God, we bring you all the glory. God, we bring you all the praise. God is worthy today. We thank him once again for allowing us the privilege to see another day. We thank him for allowing us to be able to see, smell, taste, touch. We thank him for the ability to walk. God has blessed us. And he is worthy once again to be glorified. He is worthy once again be free. We are entering into his gate with thanksgiving. We are entering into his courts with praise, offering him the fruit of our lips, the sacrifice of praise. I just want to thank you. 
we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor that you so richly deserve. This is the Lord's day. And if you can't get praised in what's yours, then something is very, very wrong. I mean, you, this is the Lord's day. He has allowed you and I to be able to see it, to be able to experience it. He is worthy to be praised. From the book of Second Chronicles, chapter 1, verse 11, Second Chronicles, chapter 1, verse 11. We're going to look at something here. Today from a little different angle. Normally we look at this account from other passages of scripture, but Second Chronicles also has an account of Solomon's ask for wisdom. Now we've been talking about keeping God pleased, and one of the things the Lord immediately dealt with me on, on this morning is that getting God pleased and keeping God pleased are two different things. And God said, Robert, Solomon, he got me pleased, but he didn't keep me pleased. My prayer for you under the sound of my voice, not only will you get God pleased, but that you will keep God pleased. The Galatian church was running a good race. Paul said that, in fact, you were running a good race, but then he asked the question, who cut in and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. In other words, God is not cutting in on you and keeping you from doing what he wants you to do. If you've been faithful, God didn't cut in and say, stop being faithful. If you've been giving abundantly to the work of God, God didn't cut in and say, stop giving. If you've been in shape, God didn't cut in and say, now get out of shape. When you're doing, what, when God, when you're doing what's pleasing to God, you need to understand that when you stop that, another, another spirit has cut in. You've been telling the truth. Now all of a sudden, you feel something is telling me to lie. Well, you need to know who that something is. It's called the devil. Because the only one that wants to take you and I from pleasing God to displeasing God is the devil and his angels. So you need to understand, I know we got to keep, we got to get this why to fight the good fight of faith. We got to be faithful unto death. Keep on, keep on. All right, you, you're doing good. Keep on. You mess around on a bicycle and you're teaching your child how to ride a bicycle and they start pedaling. I remember one of the children around, around here pulled this one off was pedaling and was riding. Then they got to the place where I feel they felt like they were just going to stop pedaling. Well, you can't do that because the next angle is called, the next move is called crashing. You've got to keep pedaling to keep the, bi the, 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 the bicycle going. Well, we've got to keep pedaling in our faith. I keep pedaling now. Every Monday and Wednesday and Thursday, I know I'm going to be met, you know, unless something difficult goes on, I'm going to be met with that steel over there, that cold steel. Cold steel. Don't get no lighter. Sometimes it feels like it do. Watch this now. And Lord said, Robert, deal with this a little bit. You know, a lot of times when I go on my missionary tours and I'm gone and I can't find a gym or I, 
you know, I even keep a big stone up under my bed in my room in, in Nigeria, and I can do some few exercises. But it's not the same as bench press and, and, and different exercises that I, that I live. And when I get back, I have to get my body back in the condition that it was in normally before I left. And that, that normally takes a matter of weeks because I've gotten weaker, I've gotten smaller, I you know, haven't been using my muscles, so they have atrophied, they have gone back down, much like a balloon. You blow it up, it'll swell up. And then when you, you, you let the air out, it goes out. Well, uh, 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 what ends up happening is when I get back and I get back on my regular exercise routine, the weights seem so heavy. The same weight that I was just lifting before I left a few months or, or however long. But the weight seems so, so heavy. So, so heavy. Well, as I keep working and keep exercising, after a couple of weeks, they start feeling, I get myself back to, and then after a while, they will start feeling lighter. You say, Apostle, what you're driving at? You keep right on working out with the Lord, and that which used to seem heavy to you, come on, somebody, will start seeming lighter to you. Not that it's gotten any lighter. It's just that you've gotten, you've gotten stronger. For those, some of you all out there on the sound of my voice, I know that it is difficult sledding for you all to try to worship with us every day here at the Christian Center. Why? Because you don't, you don't mess around and let your spiritual muscles get weak. Your spiritual muscles are weak. But for those of us that do it every day, it's, it's, just, it's just normal. It's just, I mean, this is just what we know. Because we've been exercising them spiritual muscles. I encourage you, you've got to exercise. You want, you want 100 pounds to feel light to you. And let's say you can lift 100 pounds, but it feels heavy to you. Oh, it just feels so heavy to you. You want it not to feel heavy to you? Keep right on working out. And that same 100 pounds will feel like nothing. We have one of the saints in here now, one of the young saints in here now. When I first brought them into the weight room, they could, they could have bench pressed 35 pounds. That was all they could do. Now they're working out with about 135 pounds. I mean, 100, and they, they, they could only do about 35. Now they're working out with about 135. Well, what has happened? You got stronger. Got stronger. God wants you and I to get stronger. Normally, what is, now we know that sometimes different things happen, but normally what associates getting weaker, whether it's in the faith or in the natural, is called sobbiness. It's called laziness. That's normally what take you from a stronger state to a weaker state. Normally. Now, we, again, we're not talking about a disease or sickness or injury or something, but no, it's just called laziness. In the faith, you mean to tell me you're not as on fire for God as you used to be? Who cut in on you? Who cut in on you? What are we talking about, children of God? What's our topic? Keeping what? Keeping God pleased. Praise God. Keeping God pleased. All right, we said we're going to look at Second Chronicles chapter what? Chapter 1, verse 11. Now, we've looked at how that God, capital A in our outline, God likes his fullness, Colossians 1.19, Ephesians 4.13, capital B. God will make you. When you keep God pleased, he will make you. We looked at 1 Chronicles 28.4, Deuteronomy 9 and 14. Capital C in our outline, when God is pleased, uh, Galatians 1.15, Hebrews 11 and 5. And it brings us on down to capital D in our outline, the right answers. The right answers. 2 Chronicles chapter 1. 
and verse 11. From the New International Version, our scripture reads, God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth, riches, or honor, nor for the death of your enemies, and since you have not asked for a long life, but for my wisdom and knowledge to govern my people, over whom I have made you king. Look at verse 12. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given to you, and I will also give you wealth, riches, and honor, such as no king who, have, who was before you ever had, and none after you will have. Capital D, the right answer. Right answer. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' mighty name, again, we magnify you. We exalt you. Another beautiful, beautiful day, Father, that you have made. You know, you do so many great things to us and through us and for us that if we're not careful, we'll take for granted. But, Father, I know I can't make the day. I know man can't make the day. But you, Father, have made another day. You have rolled away darkness. You have brought the sun up one more time. For us, your little children, this little creation, Father, who is man that thou art mindful of him? Who are we, Father, that you that you love so much, that you care so much for, that you're so attentive to, and that you're so gracious to. Father, we just thank you. We appreciate you today. We pray, Father, that as we study, you will continue to give us a right division of your word, that you will give us a rhema word, that you will take these words from the pages of your holy book, open our hearts and minds, open the word that we may uh, be able to apply your revelation, your knowledge, your inspiration in our daily lives today. And as you do all of these things, Father, we will be very, very careful to continue to give your name, which is above all other names, all the glory, the honor, and the praise. This is our prayer. We count these things down. Jesus, mighty and glorious name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Capital D in our outline. The right answers. Amen. We're looking at Solomon here. Solomon. Known as one of the wisest men that ever lived. The name Solomon is closely related to the name, the Hebrew name, Shalom which means peace. Solomon's name meant man of peace. He was a famously wealthy and wise king, son of David and Bathsheba, reigned from about 970 to about 931 B.C., and he was the third king of the United Monarchy. Now, you say, Apostle, why is that important? It's important to understand that Saul was king, first king of the nation of Israel, when the monarchy was united. The northern kingdoms and the southern kingdoms were united. David was the second king of the united monarchy. Solomon was the third king of the united monarchy, but because he did some stuff that displeased God, shortly after his death, the kingdom split to the northern 
and the southern kingdoms. You say, Apostle, what, what, what are you trying to say? Some of us need to understand that, that mistakes that we have made in our life can cause things to split that have come after us. You just, you just want to be careful. Just Solomon, Solomon, you know, did some things God didn't like with them, all them women, all them concubines, and all kinds of different things. And, and God had to send a prophet to him to basically let him know that, that, that the kingdom was going to have to be, uh, was going to have to be torn, torn away from your lineage. And Solomon was kind of happy because he felt like, you know, he found out that wasn't going to be done in his lifetime. But his son had to had to endure some of this stuff. See, so we want to we want to set the stage as uh, parents, as as uh, mature adults, as as we want to look out, try to look out for the next generation, and not bring uh, curses on the next generation. You need to understand out there as a mama, you out there. Smoking crack while you while you pregnant with your son, you you affecting his life too. You I need to understand out there, father. You refuse to bring your children up in the training and instruction of the Lord. You putting them at a disadvantage. You you need to understand that our actions, just like our actions, can affect succeeding generations positively. Huh? Our actions can affect succeeding generations negatively. What kind of parent are you that wants to make things more difficult in your child's life? You want all you can to give him or her a foundation for success. There are parents that can that give children foundation for success, and there are parents and teachers and elders and overseers that give children foundation for failure. Now the question is, which one? Which one would you rather give? Now you need to understand that in order to give a foundation for success, you can't be lazy. You can't be slowful. Because the only sound foundation for success is that individuals are rooted and grounded in the Word of God. Some of you all contact me, or I be getting word, and some of you all don't got big-time jobs and big-time positions, and they don't offer you all all kind of, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars and all kind of bonuses and different kind of things. That's what I expect. I'm just telling you. That's the kind of thing I expect. Paul said we are have nothing, but we are making many rich. God's Word will take you somewhere great and somewhere awesome. That's what I expect. Oh, I get reports, uh, I get invitations to come meet with uh, uh, high-ranking officials in different countries and different countries. That's what I expect. You say, Apostle, what are you talking about now? You're talking conceit? No, no, no. But I know what I carry. And I encourage you under the sound of my voice, you need to know what you carry. As a child of God, rooted and grounded in the word of God, rooted and grounded in sound doctrine, rooted and grounded in the words from the true and living God, you need to know that you're carrying something more potent than dynamite. Understand, child of God, no, we're not bragging, we're not being conceited, we don't have a swollen up head, but we understand that we got just what this generation needs. We got just what America needs. No, not a Donald Trump, not a Hillary Clinton, not a Bernie Sanders, not a Mark Rubio. We, the children of the Most High God, we got exactly what this nation needs. We can fix this nation up. But you got a lot of jokers don't want to hear what we got to say. That's the problem. God said the time will come when men will not endure sound doctrine. In other words, a lot of you jokers out there, you don't want to hear what the nation really needs. You want to hear some nonsensical mess that will take us further and further away from God. That's the truth of the matter now. Somebody got to tell you the truth. 
I, I don't want it to be said. I don't want to stand before the Lord and the Lord be like, Rob, how come you knew the truth and you wouldn't tell the truth to my generation? You knew what I said and you wouldn't tell the truth to your generation? I don't want it to be said. I don't want it to be said. Solomon was the builder of the first temple in Jerusalem. The Bible says in verse 1, that Solomon, son of David, established himself firmly over his kingdom, for the Lord his God was with him and made him exceedingly great. Now, you say, Apostle, what are you trying to get us to understand? God wants to firmly establish you. God wants to firmly establish you so that he can make you exceedingly great. Now, you cannot achieve exceeding greatness until God has firmly established you. What is God trying to establish you in? He's trying to establish you and I in his word. He's trying to establish you and I in his good, pleasing, and perfect will. He's trying to establish you and I. See, God said, look, my way works. Oh, let me say that again. What? God said what? My way works. So when we, so all God is trying to get us to do is to do things his way because God knows his way works. You think doing things God's way would get our country $19 trillion in, in debt? You think doing things God's way would have 60% of our marriages in this country ending in divorce? You think doing things God's way would have homosexuals and, and lesbians able to marry and do all these kinds of things? God's way works. So God said, look, the reason why Solomon was firmly established and God had Solomon, the son of David, established himself firmly over his kingdom, for the Lord his God was with him and made him exceedingly great. Because Solomon was going about trying to do things. Like God said, working real, real hard to do things like God said, the Bible says the Lord made him exceedingly great. Now, I just, I just told you all a little bit earlier. I said, you know, I ain't no, gonna be no big shock to me when I be hearing you all, you know, uh, great things be coming. Y'all don't want to be jumping around dancing. I ain't doing a whole lot of jumping around dancing. In my, in my mind, I'm, now I'm rejoicing, don't get me wrong, but it's what you expect. When, when you do things God's way, you ought to expect great things to come your way. I wish somebody would write some of this stuff down here now. It would be a blessing. When you do things God's way, you ought to expect what? Great things. Solomon, son of David, established himself firmly over his kingdom. For the Lord his God was with him and made him. God, what are we talking about now? We're still talking about when we keep God pleased. God made him great. I want to encourage you out there under the sound of my voice. God wants to make you great. I don't know who you are and I don't know what you're into. I don't know what you've been into. But I'm here to let you know God wants to make you great. Bible says, then Solomon spoke to all Israel to the commanders of thousands, the commanders of hundreds, the judges and all the leaders in Israel, heads of families, and Solomon and the whole assembly went to the high place at Gibeon. For God's tent of meeting was there, which Moses, the Lord's servant, had made in the desert. Now David had brought up the ark of God from 
Kiriath-Jerim to the place he had prepared for it because he had pitched a tent for it in Jerusalem. Watch this. But the bronze altar that Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur, uh, had made was in Gibeon in front of the tabernacle of the Lord. So Solomon and all the assembly, watch this, acquired of him there. Solomon went up bronze altar before the Lord in the tent of meeting and offered a thousand burnt offerings on it. Now, I, 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 we went over this one time before. Solomon offered what? A thousand burnt offerings. You need to understand that in order, in order to please God, God say your offering must be right. You're not going to please God with the wrong offering. Just, just keep that in mind now so you don't, you, don't, you don't mess around and deceive yourself. If your offering is not right, you ain't got to worry about pleasing God. God is still big on offering today, just like he was big on offering in Solomon's day, just like he was big on offering in David's day, just like he was big on offering in Malachi's day. God is offering. Now, we don't have to offer up the blood of sheep, blood of bulls, the blood of goats, but, but whatever is valuable to you. In, in Abram, Abram's day, God asked him to offer up Isaac. Whatever is important to you, God wants to see you offering that up. I'm telling you now, whatever's important, you want to be, be willing to offer it. That's why Scripture talks about no one who has left father hmm, or mother, come on, sister or brother, homes or fields. Who, no one who's left this stuff will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this life and in the life to come. In other words, being willing to offer up that which is important to you, it pleases God. All right. All right, let's see what we got here, children of God. Um, I think it's Mark 3. I'm not sure. I want to find that scripture. Was it Mark 10? I'm seeing the scripture in my spirit. I just don't know. Okay. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. Mark chapter 10, verse 29. We're still talking about pleasing God. We're talking about the right answers now. Because on any test, you got two types of answers, right and wrong. All right, now we just we just click. Now, after the rich young ruler refused to give up that which was important to him, see that'll mess around. That'll mess around. Throw your whole Christianity off out there, bro. <laughs> you mess around, get your whole Christianity thrown off. Because what happens, you start worshiping that, whatever it is. Might be money, might be power, might be sex, might be whatever. And it'll throw your whole Christianity off. The rich young ruler's whole following of Christ was thrown off. 
because he didn't want to give up the wealth. Oh, you'd be surprised at how many folks whose Christianity is really throwed off because they don't want to give up the wealth. And then Peter came back in verse 28, was like, well, Peter was like, look, well, Lord, you know, we ain't like that now. You know, we don't, we don't struggle with that. Now, now you need to understand something here. Just because you don't struggle with one thing, that don't mean you don't struggle with something else. Peter said, we have left everything. In other words, Peter said, look, there are some of us in this thing who have gotten past material goods. Now, some of you all out there, you ain't. That's why you're offering be slim or nothing, because you ain't even got past material goods. Peter said, we don't got past material goods. We don't left everything. We don't, you know, we don't, we don't left jobs or we don't left careers. We don't left big money. We don't, we don't got past that. But, but reality was, Peter still had some other things that he hadn't got past. You said, Pastor, what, what, what are you driving at? Well, I might not be struggling with the same thing you're struggling with, but I, I, you better know I got some things I'm struggling with now. Come on now, let's talk. We're family, right? We're family. We got some struggles. Peter said, we have left everything. Peter said, look, we have got past the hurdle of material possessions, you know, running after careers and running after job. We don't, we don't got past that. Now, some of you all in the sound of my voice, you, you haven't. Now, that don't mean that you won't, but just some of you haven't. Peter and them, they had to get over that hurdle. But in Christianity, you got hurdles, just like a hurdle race in track. Just because you jumped the first hurdle, that don't mean you're going to jump the tenth hurdle. Just because you jumped the fifth hurdle don't mean you're going to jump the sixth hurdle. Peter said, we have got past that. Remember something now, and God said, deal with this on this. What was one of the first miracles that Jesus worked? Name some of the first miracles Jesus worked. Turn water into wine, but then one of the saints just hit water on the head, what I'm driving at. When they caught all them fish, the miraculous catch of fish. Now, normally, what do fishermen do with a bunch of fish? Seldom. These characters, Jesus had worked a miracle where if they would have just been after money, man, they could have got rich and been like, man, forget all this stuff, man. I'm just going to lay back and chill. Big old two and three boats full of fish, boats about to sink, nets breaking. We got so much fish, man, we got to worry about nothing. Well, what they did with all of them fish that, they, that Jesus had just worked that miracle, the Bible talks about how they got back to land and they left everything. More money than they had ever made. When I quit my job, I was making more money than I have ever made in my life. With the, the job, the side jobs, the, the, I like to call the hustles that I had on the job. Goodness gracious. Now, we're, talking about, we're just talking about money now. Those, that's, one of, that's one of your cues with God. It's not what God gives to you. It's not how much your boss man pay you that show how much you love God. How much are you willing to pay into the kingdom of God? It's not what God give us that show how much we love God. What are we willing to give back to God? Jesus had just worked a miracle for these disciples that if money was there, where they was coming from? Oh, they didn't have to worry about no more money. Because remember, these fishermen would sometimes work all night and would not catch anything. Here in one miracle, Jesus had them catch so much fish, the nets began to break, boats began to sink, they had to signal their partners, yo, 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 come help us with this here. So, and when they got back to shore, they didn't even sell the fish. They didn't even take the fish to market. They didn't even, they, they just dropped everything, said, so we're following you, Jesus. Peter 
Peter said, we have left everything. Peter ain't saying we left no chump change. We saw that miracle you worked, Jesus. We were right there. We're not talking about what my Nigerian brothers call chicken change. No, no, no. We left everything. We left with Jesus. We left something. We, we left something pretty substantial. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. No one who has left home or brothers, sister or mother, father or children or fields for me in the gospel, watch this, will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Now, if you notice here, in this right here, he don't say money. Don't say money. But you receive more homes. I got homes in different parts of the world for people who welcome me in. Apostle, this will be your room right here. Anytime you come to anytime you come to South Africa, this will be your room. Apostle, this will be your room. Anytime you come to Nigeria, this will be your room. Apostle, we are building a wing on the back of the church. Anytime you come, this will be your homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, fields, children, but with them, persecution. And in this age to come, so God said, look, I got promises for you, good things for you in this life, and I got good things for you in the age to come, because there's another age coming after this. We in what is known as the last day. But it's gonna be there's some more, there's another age coming. There's gonna be a thousand year millennial reign. We're gonna reign right here in, in the earth with Christ for a thousand years. Then there's gonna be the new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. Heaven, the, the heavenly city, New Jerusalem, gonna come down out of heaven. God gonna be living with man. We're gonna have the new earth we can operate in. We're gonna have the new Jerusalem up there in the sky. We're gonna have the new heaven. Oh man, it's a new age, it's some new ages coming. And God says, in the new and in the age to come, eternal life. Now, that's, that's, the, that's, the, greatest, that's the greatest gift in creation, eternal life. Oh, money, that's temple. Thank God for it, but it's temple. Power, ah, thank God for it. It's temple. Houses, cars, Lord, yeah, well, thank you, Lord. Sure, make it a lot easier to get to Walmart. You know, bless me with one of these cars. But, temple. But eternal life. See, you got to know what the goal is in any, in any endeavor. What is the goal here? My thing is, boys, what is the goal here now? What we got to do with this basketball, coach? Put it in this round hole. Okay. And then stop the other team from putting it in your round hole. What's the goal in, in this hockey game with this hockey puck, coach? Take this little puck, Robert, hit it in that net. You let me get the goal of a game, man. I, I, I some time I was a little bitty boy. You just let me get the goal of it. I can do something. What about this football? What about this funny-looking shaped ball? You got to get across that goal line. All right. Well, let me see if I can throw this back. Catch it and run past that goal. What is the goal? What is the goal? What, what are we doing here? Man of God contacted me early this morning, about 3 o'clock in the morning. One of the pastors in the church I'll be preaching and said, Apostle, we are finished with the preparations in Sanyani. Uh, we want to know what, what will be the theme of your message. I was like, Lord, he said, talk, talk to him about who we are. 
whom you all are in Christ. Man of God said, Apostle, that's good. That's good. So we will we, we, we protect that. What, what scripture? What scripture? I said, Philippians 4 and 13. Oh, he said, oh, Apostle, that's good. That's good. I can do all things through Jesus Christ with strength. I want to encourage you out there, child of God. You. Through Christ. You can do it. I don't want to hear that stuff. Oh, I can't. It's too much. Nonsense. Use more of the Christ that's in you. If you got an endeavor or an activity and you feel like it's too much, it's too daunting, it's too big for you, use the Christ that's in you. You in there trying to wash dishes, ain't got nothing, wash greasy dishes, ain't got nothing but some water in the, in the thing. What are we going to tell you? Squirt some what? Squirt some Dawn in there. Because Dawn gets grease, what? Out of your way. Now, I don't think Dawn is praying me for doing no commercials, just something come up in the spirit. You got to use the Christ in you. How are you going to get over that death of that spouse? Use the Christ in you. How are you going to get over the death of that parent, the death of that sibling? Use the Christ in you. How are you going to get over the death of your mama? How are you going to use the Christ in you? I mean, my mother died. Lord, so Robert, you can, you can handle this thing one or two ways. In fact, I was in Ghana. When, when, when they come, he said, Robert, you can, you can handle this one or two ways. You can either mourn the loss of your mother or you can thank me for the time you had with her. I was like, Lord, I'm thanking you for the time. I had 40-some 40, 40 years with my mother. Some people don't get but, but five or six. Some people don't even, never even knew their mother. In life, we can choose to mourn the loss of people, places, or things, or we can choose to thank God for the, the time that we had with the people, place, or thing. Oh, man, they repossessed one of our cars when we first started the ministry around here. You know, money won't come in like it had been coming. Man, they come to that car here, and I like that car. It had some nice rims on it. That car was smooth, galant. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, uh, beautiful. Beautiful car. They came and took it. We couldn't make the pain. Well, we either cry about them taking the car or thank God we had a chance to drive them. Such is in life. Such is in life. So, these disciples, these apostles, they won't, they won't just, uh, they won't come into Jesus because they didn't, they didn't have nothing. And they won't come into Jesus with nothing. They came to Jesus. They had something. The Lord had done something extra special for them. Had blessed them real, real good. And the Lord said, I want you to leave that for something even greater. Yeah, you could have had more money or you could have had more in, in, in what you've done, especially if you sold them fish. But God said, I got something greater for you. And I'm going to let you know out there. God got something greater for you than money. Some of you all think that money is just the greatest, the pinnacle. God got something greater than money. Well, health is greater than money. If I was asking, I think I've asked you all this. If I was to tell you right now, if somebody offered you $10 million, but they said they were going, you were going to be confined to a, to a bed or to a wheelchair the rest of your life, would you take it? No, sir. So that lets you know right there. That is, we even know something greater than money. Somebody say, all right, I'm going to give you $100 million, but you're going to have to spend the rest of your life in a, in a jail cell. Will you take it? No. But yet the devil tricks people every day into thinking they do all kind of illegal stuff to get their hands on money. And we know that we'd rather have our freedom, the ability to go, and it, than, to, than to have a bunch of money. Somebody say, all right, I'm going to give you $100 million, but we're going to cut off both your arms and cut off both of your legs. You're just going to be kind of like Caterpillar Boy. Would you take it? No. 
Why? Because money's not the money's not the pinnacle. There are, there are things that we know. Now the adversary wanted to get us to think that it is, but there there are things that we know are more important than money. Somebody say, all right, we'll give you $100 million, but we're going to kill your wife. Will you take it? Some of you jokers out there be like, I'm sorry, baby, got to go. But no, I mean, <laughs> no, not if you love your wife. Be like, no, get out of here now. No. Come on, let's finish this on up now. Finish this on up. All right. I'm about, still talking about the right answers now. There we go. We look at how the Holy Ghost is keeping us on tap. Somebody asked you to offer you $100 million, but you got to give us the right answer. No. No. That night, God appeared to Solomon. Well, what happened this night? After that offering, God saw that there was a very, very serious offering. See, some of you all, you holding on, you holding up your next promotion because your offering is little or none or skimpy. You're holding up. You don't, you don't even know it. Man of God know it because God is gay. God tell the man of God, you just be looking around. You holding up your next, you holding up your next promotion for the skimpy offering. The Bible says that night, what night? After a thousand burnt offerings, after Solomon had given up that which was very, very precious, very, very dear, very, very expensive. Some of you all have positioned yourself for the next, the next promotion because your offering has been pleasing to God. Try to tell you something. That night. Why not the night before? God said, because you hadn't offered up a thousand burnt offerings the night before. That's why. God said, I've seen them thousand burnt offerings, and that the aroma has come out to my nostrils, and it has pleased me. God said, let me, t- now, let, me, let me talk to you about some next-level stuff now. Since your offering done gone to a next level, let me talk to you for about some next-level stuff. I'm trying to tell some of y'all, when your offering gets to the next level, God will talk to you about some next-level stuff. I don't need to talk to you about no next level stuff, and you 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 still ain't got this yet. I don't need me talking to you trying to get you to do too much reading, and you can't even do your ABCs. Why am I talking to you about algebra, and you can't even add, subtract, divide, and multiply when you're offering that night, that night, that night God appeared to Solomon and said to him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. See, some of you ain't getting what you really want because you ain't giving God what he really wants. So God keep back and hold back from you. God said, you holding back from me? What's the problem? You 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 nickel and diamond me? So God said, I'm nickel and diamond you. What's the problem? You giving me scraps? God said, well, I'll give you some scraps then. You giving me crumbs? God said, I'll give you some crumbs. What's the problem? What is the problem? You invite me over to your house, and when I get over to your house, you'll be like, Apostle, here's one crumb for you, and here's a no more crumbs. No more crumbs for you. I'll be like, okay, okay. Then the next next Friday at my house, you come <laughs> You get to my house, and when you sit down, there's one crumb for you. Now you're upset. Now you're upset. How dare he invite me over to his house and don't give me but one crumb? How dare you invite me over to your house and don't give me but one crumb? You said, Pastor, what you diving at? Now you're making this thing too plain for us. Now you're fixing it up so we can't hide. How dare you give God scrap and crumbs and, and, and then be upset when he give you scrap and crumbs? God said, what you've done, Solomon, is you've pleased me with this offering now. 
God said, I know a thousand burnt offerings ain't cheap to you. Ask for whatever you want me to give you. Solomon answered God, you've shown great kindness to David, my father, had made me king in his place. Now, Lord God, let your promise to my father David be confirmed. For you have made me king over a people who are as numerous as the dust of the earth. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people. Well, who, who is able to govern this great people of yours? We're talking about the right answer. God was like, Solomon is a test. Every, just about every, every, after every sermon here, we take a little three-question test. You all know it. Sometimes the answers be right on point. Be like, yes, that's exactly what I'm looking for. Sometimes characters give an answer to be so crazy, you wonder if they was in the same service that you was in. Ah, what is it? Well, God is giving Solomon a test. The right answers to God's test will cause you to be praised, will cause you to be blessed, will cause you to be exalted, will cause you to be lifted, will cause you to be acknowledged, will cause you to be confirmed, will cause you to be established. The right answers. What is the difference between a student that make 100 on the test and a student that make a 25 on the test? The student that made 100 had the right, what? Huh? Answers. Mess around. Some of you under the sound of my voice, you have gotten jobs because of on the interview, you had the right answers. Mess around. They're going to ask you to work for Shell Company, and as soon as they call you for the interview, they ask you, you know, What's your favorite oil company? You hollering mobile, mobile, and you asking the, who would you like to really work for right now? You tell them mobile oil. This is Shell talking to you on the phone. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I meant Shell. Too late. Wrong answer. Right answer. God said to Solomon, since this is your heart's desire, and you have not asked for wealth. God said, asking me for wealth. And see, this is where a lot of you out there understand my voice, you make a mistake. Asking God for wealth all the time. That's human nature. Give me more money. Give me more money. God said, get to the place where you do what I told you with the money I've already given you. Get to the place where you're content with the money I already give you. Just God, I couldn't pull $10 out of my pocket right now. Right now, somebody come in here with a gun, put a gun in my head, say, Apostle, $10, I'm going to have to blow your brains out. I'm going to be like, I hope you got some Kleenex to clean it up. Because I can't get nothing out of my pocket. I ain't got $10 to pull out of my pocket. But I'm content. I'm content. Wealth. I said, since you didn't ask. God said, look, I know. that God said, that's why I don't ask a whole lot of characters this question. God said, because I know what a lot of you jokers would ask for. Well, let somebody come in here, genie in the bottle. Mess around and let the genie out of the bottle. The first thing the genie asks is, is what you want. First thing a whole, whole lot of jokers will, call, will holler out is money. Give me $10 million. Give me one, one cartoon I've seen or something. Give me a million bucks. And the genie mess around and gave him a million uh, male deer or something. You know, what's that? The, Dyke, the Geico commercial. Uh, genie pop out of the bottle. Say, if Lord came to you right now and said, if you can. And, and even, even. Even Solomon's request be a little different from mine, now that I think about it. Lord be like, Robert, ask me for anything that you want. Anything. I'd be like, Lord, I'm going to spend eternity with you. 
How about that one? And be like, Lord, we can go right now. We can go right now. I want to be with you forever. Huh? Lord, I don't want to go to hell. How about that? <laughs> never mind the people. Never mind the ministry. Lord, take me with you right now. Yeah, so Solomon, you know. But wealth. God said, I know what most folk going to ask for and what most folk are running after. What, 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 what get a whole lot of folk twisted up, get a whole lot of folk sent to hell. Well, what was the problem with the, with the rich young ruler? Why how come he couldn't follow Christ like he was supposed to? The same reason why some of you all under the sound of my voice, you can't follow Christ like you're supposed to. Well, just won't do the right thing with wealth. Just won't do it. God done gave it to you. God done gave you the strength to earn it. God done gave you the knowledge to earn it. God done blessed you with it. But you just can't must get yourself to do the right thing with it. That's your choice that you're going to have to give an account of. Solomon said, no, no, no. I ain't asking for no wealth or riches or honor. God said, you didn't even ask for the death of your enemies. And since you have not asked for a long life, but for wisdom and knowledge to govern my people over whom I have made you king, God said, all right, because they're the right answer. Therefore, wisdom and knowledge will be given you. I will also give you wealth, riches, and honor. God said, I got that too. God said, I got wealth, Robert. Don't think that I ain't got wealth. God said, don't think that I ain't got riches, Robert. Don't think I ain't got honor. God said, I got all, all I got all that too. God said, I just get sick of y'all asking me for it all the time. Think about it as a parent. The only time your children got anything they want to say to you is when they want, want something. Daddy, give me $10. Mommy, give me, give me a, want a new car. Daddy, I need some new shoes. Mommy, give me... Oh, a wig to wear on my head. Dad, get sick of it. But like this. Come on, thanks. Now we're trying to preach the sermon. Y'all in here. <laughs> God said, I got wealth. I got riches. I got honor. But God wants some people that love him just for who he is. I'm trying to tell some of you all something out there now. Because, see, if you don't love God for just who he is, you won't be satisfied with the stuff that he got. You won't really, because we weren't created to be satisfied with stuff. We were created to be satisfied with God. Oh, we're about to close this message out today. Got a lot of stuff to do today, a lot of good stuff. God said, I'm going to give you what you haven't even asked for such as no king who was before you ever had and none after you will ever have. Then Solomon went to Jerusalem and from the place at Gibeon, from before the tent of meeting, and he reigned over Israel. You're going down to verse 14 and look at the stuff. I ain't, I ain't going over all that with you. I ain't going, after, I ain't going over all that with you. Some of you all, that's, that's, that's the stuff you'd have been asking for. Give me some chariots. Give me some horses. I need 14, I need 1,400 chariots. I need 12,000 horses, Lord. Uh, uh, I need uh, silver, gold. Uh, I need a lot of it, too. I need sycamore trees and fig trees and foothills. I need a... Uh, uh. Solomon said, look, Lord, let me have that which will help make me more pleasing in your sight. Let me have that which will help me be a greater blessing to your people. Wisdom. 
Help, in other words, Solomon said, look, Lord, help me to do more of what you're telling me to do. That's what wisdom is. Solomon asked for what? Wisdom. Wisdom won't just for Solomon to be able to tell the people what was right. When you got wisdom, that means you are doing right. Solomon asked for wisdom. Part of wisdom is being able to tell others and show others the right thing. But the main part of wisdom is for you. Oh, I thank God for, you know, the gift of teaching, the gift of the gift of prophecy and all this, all this kind of thing. But the main thing, the main one that I'm really into this word for, you're looking at him. It's called me. I got a soul to be saved. And I ain't trying to go to hell. That I'm trying to tell you something. After a, 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 a few weeks in Nigeria, I'm ready to come back to to the United States or something with that heat down there. I know I I'd be the most disagreeable joke in hell you have ever run into. Everything in hell is hot. Everything. It's on fire. Mm-mm. No, sir. No, sir. Let us let us let us get this wisdom. Let us get this. With Bible saying in, in Proverbs four and seven, the same Solomon, same Solomon, wrote Proverbs four and seven. Wisdom is supreme. Doing what you say, Apostle, what does that mean? Apostle, break this thing down. It means that doing what God tell you to do is the most important thing in your life, the most important thing in creation. Wisdom is supreme. Though it costs all you have, get an understanding. Why? Because you can't go from knowledge to wisdom without understanding. Though it costs all you have, get an understanding. Father, in Jesus' name we pray. We thank you. We bless you. We pray, Father, that someone has been convicted and converted into the family of the Most High God, that someone has accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. Someone has cried out today that within their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. They believed in their heart that you, Father, have raised them from the dead. And we pray, Father, for the salvation of souls under the sound of my voice. For you tell us in your word that whoever wins a soul is wise. May your good, pleasing, and perfect will be done today. We also pray, Father, for those who know you on under the voice that they have heard something today that will spur them on to uh, greater uh, righteousness, greater obedience to your word. This is this is our prayer. We count done in Jesus' mighty and glorious name. We pray. Amen and amen. Um, what we're going to do, children of God, we're going to get to the, the questions now and then just give you a, a little time to, to kind of look back over your notes. Uh any questions that you may have, we're going we're gonna to answer them. But just write the questions down and go on back over your notes. First question, what do we got? Question. Huh? Greatest gift in creation. Talk about the greatest gift in creation. And number two, what is the, what is the thing that will get you to that greatest gift? Number one, you say the greatest gift? Okay, good. Number two, what is the thing that will get you to that greatest gift? And number three, um, what what is it God wants to see? What's one one main thing that God wants to see before He is pleased with us? What's one one of the main things that God wants to see, or He will be pleased with us? 
reach us through email at thechristensearnchurch at gmail.com. Check our website, www.ourchurch.com, backslash member, backslash t, backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444-7444, enter ID 179. On Spreecast, type in Robert Brown on YouTube and the Christian Sound Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Brown on YouTube. Donations should be sent using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. A bless you in heaven, smile you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.